Holy smokes. Fort! Fort! Welcome back, gentlemen. Championship match week. Uh, we're we're a light crew here this week. Just me and uh, me and Swanee this week. What's up, Swanee? What's going on, guys? Or guy, I should say. Yeah, singular guy tonight. We might have some random people call in though. We're not quite sure yet, but Sam C is. He's uh, he's out tonight. Is it uh, fair to say? I mean, are we allowed to release the information that he? You know, I think the. I think he's, I mean, I don't know if it's public, but he's on medical leave, um, is the rumor. Um, I'm not sure. I, I have no sources confirming that, but. Medical leave? Yeah. Poor uh, vocals are, you know, he's got oh. injured vocals. I don't know if he just wants that public out there, because then, you know, it's a, you know, it's a contract year, so if you, people find out he's got injured vocals. That's what I was going to say. It's, it's it's contract year, and we are going to have to discuss his contract. Yeah, so. If it gets out there publicly that he's got injured vocals, it could really yeah. hurt his chances. Well, it's out there publicly now. You know, if these six oh, people we're recording? This, the six people that listen to this podcast are gonna start tweeting about it. It's it's already viral. It's gonna be viral. Um so yeah, we'll get some uh we'll go over the championship match. We will uh we'll talk about the Calcutta next week a little bit. Uh, I've got a little bit of questions here and there and just some general discussion and, and like I said, uh who knows? Maybe we get some uh, get some callers in tonight, but but uh, it's not guaranteed at this point. So why don't we uh, why don't we start with a championship match? Yeah. So obviously it's final week. Um, all of you know from last week, it was P ninety Ash versus Holy Smokes. It was uh, P ninety Ash's first trip to the championship. Uh, Holy Smokes has been there a number of times, and they've won once previously. And uh, frankly. It's match was not very close for a championship match. It was actually one of the bigger margins you'll probably see in a championship. Uh, I think Holy Smokes finished uh, with 13 points, making that 13 yep. to seven. Um, 13 to seven. I mean, I would say that the front nine match was pretty close just sure, because yep. the Jeremy, you know, basically some of the front nine matchup, Jerry made a three for a two and uh, that, that won the match that won him the point. On the that was, nine. Yeah, that was, that was, <laughs> that was it from there. It was back and forth kind of, the whole, whole rest of the way, and then there was a uh, final three for two on the last hole, like you said, and yep. sealed it. But that match was close between Jeremy Jurgens, Andrew Carlson, Paul Offler, and Jordan Nash. Uh, and then, unfortunately for PNDS, the back nine did not fare well from them. Um, <clears throat> to be honest, it wasn't like anybody, no one on P- on Holy Smokes went particularly low. Yeah, um, It just was PNDS didn't have their game, and they both shot uh, 11 over with a 7 and Let's a 5 just, handicap. I think we need to back up and talk about Chad Berger's first hole. I mean, I thought this was going to be a sign oh of goodness. a night for these guys, but if you weren't there last night, or even if you were there, not many people saw it, but Chad probably swinging a 7-iron, probably hit it a little bit off, hit, hit it off the hosel, and it, it somehow got through the trees on the right side of the 10th hole, over the little uh, shack, the, the maintenance shack there, and almost kind of rolled up on nine green, then rolled back down the hill a little bit. So Chad was r- short right of nine green from number 10 and ended so, up making yeah. a six. So Left I mean, of nine green if you're playing up nine. So that's how his that's how his yeah. day started. And they ended up I – mean, he used three over in the first hole and finished five over on the match. So that, you know, obviously found something in a swing there. 
I mean, but what a partner. I mean, BJ, Blair O'Clubbs or BJ O'Clubbs just goes three for two to win the hole, and his, and his partner's basically in his pocket there. So, after, yeah, I guess I don't know who went first, but the Chaz going first and Hazel rocketing <laughs> and be able to make a three is pretty impressive. I always say the hardest shot in golf is the shot right after a shank. It's tough. Uh, I had one. I had one this week. Um, I guess my next tee shot was fine, but yeah, you're definitely always lingering. Uh, but yeah, so that match, like I said, that one was six, or three up for Holy Smokes is what kind of yep. sealed the deal for them um, to get their second ever championship. Congrats well done, to those boys. guys. Congrats to the Holy Smokers. They were on the Jumlet. You can see their photo on the Jumlet Hill Instagram feed. Yeah, they're, they're they're Instagram famous now. I enjoy the picture of the cigar smoke. I think that was that was classy. Great on, touch. On Great brand, touch. on brand, as the kids say. Great touch. <laughs> um, that, was, uh, that was it for our matches for the ones that counted. I was just going to mention that uh, if you remember last week, Jeff Bean and Jordan Hagel bet Zach Hoffman and I in the back nine a week. Um, we kind of we stopped them. So they wanted a rematch this week. Mm. Yeah, well, uh, it didn't necessarily stomp us, but they got all their money back. Uh, Jeff Bean shot a 34, and it's a nine handicap, seven mm. over. I look back in all of his recorded rounds in Gentleman's League history. That was his lowest career Gentleman's wow. League round. He just had to do it to us. When the big money's on the line, that's all he needed. He, 100 bucks yeah. was enough for him. Yeah, he's he just a freshman golfer. And the guy, so they we did a normal match rules, um, like you do it what in the gentleman's league week, them two versus us two, one point per hole. Yep. They finished with five straight three net twos. <laughs> and I said I was impressed, and then I thought about it and I was like, Well, you still would have pushed Andy in his record breaking around with that score. <laughs> yep, still would have tied me. It's pretty but, funny. So they got their money back, but well deserved. They played really well together. Did you yep. you guys had a pretty interesting match, it sounded like, on your side, too. We did. We did. But before that, Sam, I've, I've, got, I've got a phone call coming in here. Let's, oh, wow. uh, let's take the phone call. Who, uh, who's there? Who's on the line? Uh, AC Stats in the house. Oh, AC Stats. Mr. Wow. Rusty Pelican. What a great champion him, Yeah, champion himself. What great pretty, timing. It's like, we almost pl- it's like we almost planned this. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Mr. Happy to be here. Mr. Analytics, let's. Uh, so you know, we kind of just went over the matches, and and really the um, the Jeremy Jurgens par on number nine won the match for you guys in the front nine. You know, Chad shanked it off a of ten. It was it was not a great start, but you know they just kind of just kind of three up after nine. We you know nothing too exciting. So I mean, the matches were exciting, but you know it wasn't a it wasn't a thriller like someone needed to make the putt in the last hole. But in your words. AC, how do you think the matches went? It was a grind. I I felt like we were down three the whole time mm. on our side. Sure. It just and uh, it just felt awful, really. And I guess that's championship golf. Um, <laughs> it it's just every shot counts, and uh, you just don't want to let up. And it's just you know it felt it felt like quite the relief when Jeremy made that putt on nine. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, was it you that had the caddy out there? Was was Jeremy Brandt your caddy last night? He he was my exclusive caddy last night. Yes. And how? I mean, out of a on a scale of one to ten, like what was you know what would you score him on his caddy scorecard at the end of the end of the round? 
Um, well, he he brought me snacks, which which he ate. <laughs> <laughs> he scrubbed my balls with vigor. Which and, uh, uh, oh, <laughs> and uh, so overall, I give him like a, maybe a nine point four. Yeah, wow. it, was, I mean, it was it was very very. I mean, he got my burger off the grill man. for me. Wow. I mean, it no was, COVID for like, you, no spatula, you, just like yeah. just barehanded right off the grill. I I, re- I did not have to lift a finger. It was great. <laughs> did he feed you? No, I I it, we we you know we 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 social distance, so it was if okay. It, yeah, if it wasn't COVID, he would have fed you. Though, I'm sure he's that kind of guy. Correct. Yes. I mean, the caddy that brings snacks is worth five points out of ten, right there. Doesn't matter if you give them to you or not, but that's he, he brought pointer. snacks. He brought teas. He uh, brought you know the the towel, the wet towel. He... I actually I actually saw him being more the type like the old school like he'd take a little scoop of dirt and like you know plug and and that would be your tea like the old school like dirt tea. Mm. I, I can see Jeremy doing that for for guys out there too. He would do anything. So, and he, he was an integral part of the team. He was a, a value sub. Uh, I think he played four times this year. Mm-hmm. Um, not terribly effective, but he was, he was always available. So we did appreciate his effort. He, I mean, it is a team effort. So we needed, we needed all hands on deck. Did you, right. did you notice a different difference in your game by not having to, you know, your shoulders went way down with the bag the whole round? Do you feel like that had an impact but out there? AC, you you're a push carter, I'm so a push push carter. Point. he's a push cart mafia member. That's right. Yeah, I I was part. I'm part of that. So, you know, but it's just those little things where, you know, the extra read, the extra set of eyes, and uh, club selection. Sure. He was pretty big on where he talked me out of some stupid stuff, and um, yeah, it was good. Like Jeremy Jurgens, Jeremy Jurgens is my partner on the front. And he's more of a uh, encourager, and he's not much of a he's not going to read me a putt. And right. So that was that that was kind of the value, and he helped Jeremy out too a lot. Jeremy Brand helped Jeremy Jurgens sure. uh, on some putting that was helpful too. Very nice. Good to have the good to have the caddy out there. That was funny. I enjoyed the uh, I enjoyed the bib, the caddy bib, and everything as well. Well thought yeah. out. Well done. Bib, name Kudos. on the back. Official three M open bib from. Yep. Uh, last week so nice that's nice how did he obtain that by the way um is it you know, public information let's put it that way i gotcha uh, okay yeah maybe maybe the tournament director we know so it was oh. it was not the hardest <laughs> thing to acquire yeah <laughs> i'm sure they're giving those things away um so i've got a couple of just kind of like trivia stats for you see it wouldn't or the one the Holy Smokers second championship. So I wanted to let you guys know, and we'll, we'll get some little trivia going here. So what other famous either teams or people that have won, won two of something? So I thought we would go a little off script. It's not golf, but it's NBA teams. So two, what are the two NBA teams with two NBA championships? You guys know? In their, in their history? In their history, just two championships. Dallas Mavericks. Incorrect. AC, you got a guess? Big basketball guy you are. Huge hoops guy. Um, <laughs> boy, two only two? There's only two NBA teams with two titles. There's obviously more. There's, there's teams with more titles, but... Mm, let's go Pacers. That's um, not correct either. 
We've got the Houston Rockets and the New York Knickerbockers, the New York Knicks. New York Knicks only won two titles. Only two. Why are they always so highly praised? Well, obviously not recently, but <laughs> from New York, it's that's yeah. it might be the fifteen million people in that city. Yeah, maybe. Man. Um, all right, so the next one would be golfers that have won two major championships. Bubba. If you listen, if you listen to the podcast last week, there's maybe an old school guy in there, but I don't know if you did or not. Bubba. Bubba's right. You want you, you got Bubba two Masters championships for him. How many guys are there? What is there only one more? Well, there's a whole bunch, but I just oh. kind of <laughs> I jotted down the what I thought were the famous people. Uh, Rory's got like four. Fuzzy Zeller, he might have been on there actually. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't write him down though. <laughs> if you own your own vodka brand, you're not cool to me. Yeah. So the the big ones that I saw was like obviously Bob Watson, John Daly. Angel Cabrera, this like snuck just snuck in two Masters championships That's there. Right. Um, Bernhard Langer, Ben Crenshaw, Andy North, Johnny Miller, and then if you listen to the podcast, I think last week Horton Smith, who was of course oh. the inaugural St. Paul Open champion, he won uh, sure. two two major championships. So that's my uh, my game of two there. We'll call it after the Holy can, Smokes. I mean, got, two made to their second championship. Winning a major is impressive. Winning two, obviously, is very impressive. But, like, a guy like Bernhard Langer, Andy, from a golfer's professional yeah. golfer standpoint, like, how can he, you know, be an average tour player, let's say, but just be the most unbelievably dominant? Yeah. He's, like, the all, he's the greatest senior tour player of all time, right? Oh, it's got to be. if Top three, for sure. And I think it's it goes down to what his strengths are. I don't think he's very long off the tee. Great, sure. you know, great wedge player and good putter. It's, like, on the, the old guy's tour – they love to see birdies. They they want those guys to shoot shoot low. We're on the PGA tour. They you know make even it hard. Par, even par yeah. is better than twenty five hundred. But yeah, that's uh that's my. I mean, two he was so he was basically the Tiger Woods. I don't know if it was last year or two years ago. Like the dominance he had yeah. on the senior tour it was ridiculous. Yeah, he dominated. He dominated. Um, all right. So Sam Carlson sent in his Sam C questions and AC. Glad you can join for a few of these. So um, his first one is says the major league baseball season just started. The NBA is in the bubble and the NFL is slated to start on time. So what do we think the chances are that any of these leagues are able to finish their seasons? Uh, I can go first. NBA, I think will finish because they are in that bubble that seems to be working. Mm -hmm. NFL. I mean, we've seen how the MLB has already started three days before they had an outbreak. Um, the NFL technically hasn't started, right? The NBA and the NHL are finishing their 1920 seasons, right? Right. So I think NBA and NHL will be fine because they're going to be in these bubbles. Um, right. But like the MLB, I, I'm very nervous because we already had one breakout and it was three days in, which is, leads me to believe it'll same thing will happen for the NFL. And, you know, they can't, you know, the MLB canceled the Marlins week of games. Right, you can't do that in the NFL. You know what I mean? There's no time right. for makeups, and they only have right. 16 games. So I, I mean, I think it's 50 50 for those two leagues. Yeah, AC, what do you think? It's going to be tough. I mean, I was looking at the baseball schedule, for example, and I, they had, you know, 60 games, right? And mm -hmm. they had they had to do it in like 70 days. I mean, there's yeah. really no off days, so I don't know how they're going to make up. You know, if they, like like you were saying, Sam, like I don't – it's going to be tough. It, 
I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh, hawkish on the whole deal. So I, yep. I would, it, it would be, it would be very, uh, yeah, it would be very low percentage that they are going to actually finish them all. Yeah, I agree. I'm on, I'm on, the, I'm on board with the UAC. Next question, uh, with Bryson, hit, Bryson DeChambeau, for all you uh, uh, golfers out there, hitting the ball so far, there's been renewed talks about limitations of golf equipment. So if you guys were the, were the, um, the USGA governing body, what would you limit first? Would you limit uh, the golf ball, golf clubs? Um, there's a bunch of different theories out there what we could limit, but... I mean, what, what's I your just, guys' thought on that? I just don't get how you do it. So take like Bryson DeChambeau and Zach Johnson. Mm-hmm. You limit the golf ball. Okay. So now with Bryson DeChambeau, you can max out at 330. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, Zach Johnson's lucky he hit at 240. So like, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like, how do you, how do you do it where it's, I mean, there's got to be some sort of physics or scientific way to like limit, you know, once it gets, I don't know if it's possible, but. Mm-hmm. And I guess I don't know the yeah the physics behind like a like a range ball like a flighted ball like you know it can go for the mo- for the first two hundred thirty yards flies pretty normal then you know right. once it starts to die it really kills off but like how do you do it without impacting the short guys on tour because they're obviously not going to want it right um, and to that point like I mean maybe if a, a better iron and putter player figures it out. I hit the ball as far as Bryce and yeah. we have to talk about it. It's not like See, Bryce is yeah. dominating. I don't, you, I don't think you just limit the length of the golf ball. I think you have to put more spin on the golf ball as well. So if Bryson's sitting at 340 and we limit it and he's hitting at 310, but he's still, still hitting it dead straight. Yeah, it's still a super big advantage. But mm-hmm. if it he's hitting at 310 and, and missing, you know, 20, 30% more of his fairways, now Zach Johnson is going to hit maybe 20. 30, or he's going to probably hit the same amount of fairways. Let's be honest. He's yeah. still back in the game. I think, I think it's not just the distance of it. It's, it's going back to like the tour ballada or whatever, where it's just going to spin <laughs> which is amazing. The tour balladas. If you ever find one, just bring it, just put it in your golf bag. And whenever you find a bunker to practice out of, just, just hit bunker shots. You'll be spinning the ball back like a tour professional. It's super fun. <laughs> um, what do you think AC? It's interesting to hear your take AC, because you are a grounds crew uh, member, uh, you know, at a course that was extremely long when it was first built over at TPC. So, like, what's your what's your thought on this? Yeah, I, there's so many different angles that it it would be like I lo- I love the example that just to piggyback off yours is it, exactly right. Zach John Zach Johnson's the world are would get pushed out. I would mm-hmm. think they need every advantage. And you know Bryson doesn't win all the he doesn't win all the time. Um, it's everything evolves, I guess. Tiger evolved the golfer into oh we actually have to work out and do this that and the other. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's another evolution. Like I think golf courses were built like TPC for example. They were they were built to you know rein in the long hitter right. Well mm-hmm. a lot of these courses now are just you know they're all getting redone, and it's an expensive deal and it's a it's it's on it's just kind of goofy how they do it right so i don't really have a real good point i guess but um <laughs> it's just a lot of extra work for people just to make 
we're catering to the tour professional, the you know, the good yeah. golfer, which is a low percentage. Well, what do you think about that's good brings up a good point. Where do you, are you for or against bifurcation? Bifurcation meaning the, the PGA tour or the, the professionals play against a, a different set of rules than the amateurs. Absolutely. I, I agree. I think it doesn't affect me or the PGA tour or gentlemen's league if we played with the same golf balls we have now and those guys play with a a, a dialed back golf ball that doesn't matter to me i don't care i think by all means if that's what they want to do go for it i agree i mean it they're that that would be a great avenue to go um yeah it, i mean it's it it it's it, uh and the golf course itself does change obviously it's not like a basketball court or a hockey like even those are standardized whereas the golf has does definitely some courses are geared to the long hitter, the straight hitter, the, mm -hmm. you know, you name it, where like the basketball rim should be 11 feet, you right. know, yeah, there for, you but for like some of these sports are, have, are, are all growing their uh, arena, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And golf, I think has the great equalizer of the, the different elements and the different, um, it's different every week. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Because why should you punish a guy just because he can hit the ball further than someone else? You know right. I mean? right. I mean, I think I not think about it. maybe back to hitting on AC's point or to AC's former profession. Just perhaps courses start putting a couple more bunkers in at the three thirty range and see what that does. They can just hit smarter shots. I don't know. It's true. Yeah, like TPC. I I just played that today. Oh, good um, for you. Part of a thirty six hole TPC Delwood. Um, day first annual uh, <laughs> with uh, a few members of the uh, Holy Smokes winning team. That's a long victory lap you guys took. <laughs> yeah, I, I really wanted to bring the trophy with us and kind of <laughs> present it at each location, but uh, that was vetoed. Um, but we had, to, we had to keep moving, we had to keep moving, we couldn't have all these long lines and stuff. So, um, but but anyway, um TPC's done a lot of lot of updates since I worked there, and there's like you're saying the bunkers and strategic locations. Whereas, you know, if you just push a tee back 50 yards, well, the golf course is not designed to have that tee back there. So you have to change all the um, hazards. You got to you know increase the pond, move the ponds, move bunkers, tighten fairways. So there's just a lot of you just can't like a lot of people say we'll just make it longer for them. Yep. It's like, well, it's not that simple because the golf course changes quite a bit where the landing zones and like, you know, so. Right. I mean, the only I thing you that. maybe can do is like par threes, but still you have to maybe move some bunkers or move some slopes around in the green. You can't just say, all right, you know, add 50 yards to a par three and make it make sense. Cause sometimes there's not a, the green's not designed to have a five iron be hit into it. So, you know, it's designed to have like a nine iron hit into it, but. Correct. Yes. Makes sense. All right, moving on. Um, Sam, Sam Seed's last question is, you know, typically, you know, next week's our last week. Typically, we've got a few weeks left of August, and then the state fair rolls around. So, unfortunately, this year, you know, the state fair is not going to happen. Thanks a lot, COVID. But um, he wants to know what our state, our, our go-to state fair experience is. I don't know if he's meaning, like, you know, the experience or your, or your favorite food item at the fair, but I'll let you guys answer whatever you feel is best. Oh man. So some people know that my wife and I are 
really enjoy the state fair. Um, How many times do you go over the nine days or whatever it is? Ten uh, days. It can range from like three to five. But to clarify, <laughs> we don't go for like twelve these ten hour days. We will go. Three of those times will be for two or three hours after yeah. work or something. Um, which like we usually have a different group of friends we like to go with, and I I, I just love the people watching. Like mm, that is a nice. It part just, of that. It, it just. It's like watching a car crash, you know what I mean? Just you can't look away sometimes. <laughs> but uh my my go to is it's very simple, but the, the milk barn has they do like these milkshakes mm. and they have like fresh fruit milkshakes, like raspberry ones, and man. Those just hit different. Yeah. <laughs> hey see, how many times do you use your family go every year? We are a once every three years family. Oh, okay. Well, um, hopefully you weren't planning on going this year. You're going to miss out on a lot in six years. That's true. Yeah, we uh, we we go pretty. I mean, I'm I'm from the I'm from the north. You know, you know, from the Northlands, and we we never got down for the state fair. It was never like a family deal growing up. Sure. I don't think I went to the state fair until I went to the uh, to college uh, to the, mm-hmm. to the U, and that was the first time I ever stepped foot on the state fairgrounds when I was 18. Sure. So what we kind of. What was your first impression of when you first got there? There was a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. It'll be weird. I mean, obviously, you would think there'd be some sort of like vaccine by next year, but like with everything that happened this year, for people that don't know, like it's the biggest gathering of people, yeah. pretty much anywhere you can ever go. It's so we should maybe explain what the state fair is for all of our, our <laughs> yeah out of, state, out of out of Midwest um, listeners. My uh my go to is the first thing I get. We usually park. We try to park on the north side, up on uh, Larpenter, up by Les Bolstead Golf Course, kind of up in that area. Mm-hmm. If you go through, there's a Pronto Pup stand. I mean, maybe 200 yards from the entrance. I could be there at 7:30 a.m. or I could be there at 5:30 p.m. Yeah, give me matter. that large Pronto Pup. Just start. I'm. I start with that. That's like my. It's like it's like kicks off the fair for me. But other than that, like. Martha's cookies and I think my secret is is you buy Martha's cookies on the way out. Oh for sure. So you buy Martha's cookies right by the, the grandstand and you eat a few and you but you get the bucket, right? You eat enough to be able to close the lid on the bucket <laughs> and then by then you're basically at the exit. So it's perfect. You close it up and you put it in the car for tomorrow. That's that's the uh the pulsing trick there with the that's that's, that's our... quite the restraint to get that at home. And well, not yeah. it. I know it's uh, you know, but by then if you know if the cookies are your last thing of the day, hopefully you're pretty full. Couple cocktails in you, you know you're ready to you're ready to stop. But it, I will say the lid fits on better. Uh, some years better than others. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so I was just so maybe spinning back to the 3M championship slightly here. So. Michael Thompson, I'm sure all you, you know, golf fans out there know Michael Thompson and know his background story because he's one of the, you know, most prolific golfers we have. Um, he's his second win in, you know, eight years. I'm just, I'm being facetious and he's extremely boring and you've never heard of him until he wins type thing. But There's there's another answer for you. Uh, for, two. Yeah, two, there you go. Two-time PGA Tour winner. Um, so David Birding, I got to quote my sources just in case, you know, people are listening to this. On uh, golfweek.com, wrote a wrote an article about 
Michael Thompson's 16th hole. It's a drivable par four. He drives it like left of the green. And my example was like, he hit a bunker shot from like, um, it would be like super wide green, like, like 11 left of number 11 green at gem Lake all the way to like the back right of the hole, like a 40 yard bunker shot. Mm -hmm. Let's call it. It's probably even longer than that at TPC, but so he hits his great bunker shot leads to a, like a tap and birdie kind of won him the tournament. So that was, they're saying that's kind of the shot that, you know, won him the tournament. So the, the headline is Michael Thompson said about that shot. I love bunkers. <laughs> <laughs> that was the title of the headline. I was like, oh, I just love bunkers. So my question to you guys is how much do you love or hate that there's no bunkers at Gem Lake, not a single bunker at Gem Lake? Uh, it would make, I don't I mean, it's not like I enjoy being in them, but I don't, you know, I don't break down if I'm in one. Um, but they would make for a, the rounds would be so long. We'd be playing in the dark every time. No way. Yep. No way. You think he adds 30 minutes that to your round? A statement. No, I'm not saying it's going to be 30 minutes, but last week we were the second group off and we were playing in the dark. Hey, that's a slow play problem, not a bunker problem. Well, I'm not going to say who I'm playing behind, but <laughs> yes, you have to take into account some of the slow play in the, in the league. Yeah. All right. So I, I, think, I, think, I think Jemmer would uh... – it would not be a benefit to Jim to at, to have bunkers. I love bunkers. I I I'm the same thing. I'm not scared of them. I I feel like that uh, is a strength of my game, which there's not many strengths. Um, so I'm okay with them. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know if it would it wouldn't slow. I would it, obviously it slows down play. It increases maintenance budgets, and they're stupid. From so, yeah, from a managerial standpoint. Oh man. Yep. Can you imagine the complaints Mr. Uh, uh, Steve Nazik and Matt Greer would receive from their old, their older uh, age group leagues in the mornings if there was bunkers? Yeah. <laughs> well, for people that maybe didn't play there when they were there, but there used to be a bunker on 11 green and 16 fairway. There used to There's be two. Like, almost like spectacle bunkers out there if, you've, if you're a golf nut like I am. No, they're one left and one right of the fairway, and they took them out. It's got to be 10 years ago now, but but I remember back in the day working grounds crew. It's like, all right, Andy, you got to go rake the bunkers. And at first you kind of think about it, like, oh, that stinks. There's only three of them. It takes like 10 minutes. Well, my favorite thing is there were three bunkers <laughs> in the whole course, and two of them were on the same hole and really out of play. Yeah, really not in play. The 11th, the 11th hole bunker was used way more than those other ones for sure. But obviously, one thing with the bunkers, the um, oh, I just lost my train of thought. I was listening to you talk. <laughs> one thing, one thing about the bunkers. How about this? Before you find your thought, but if you could drop a bunker in at Jim Lake, where do you think the most effective bunker would be to uh, short, make it difficult? Short right of seventeen. <laughs> I was going to say seventeen. Be a pond in there though. Or or right of eighteen, everyone bails out there. What about? Uh, I was thinking. Uh, well, since the um, the idiots vandalize the seventh green, what what about like a little mid green bunker, kind of like these like, Riviera? They've got the bunker in the middle of the, the par three green. I was thinking like middle of the green bunker on seven. That's that's my opinion. Okay. Co COVID. One thing that with COVID that has been nice is. 
the the role now bunkers play is because we can't have bunker mm, eggs on right. the golf course, right? Because people are going to just die left and right by touching bunker rakes. So the best thing about golf this spring and this summer has been bunkers have, you don't, people don't rake them anymore. They just kick the sand back yep. to normal and you move on like it hasn't yep. should be. It's, it's been great. Penalizing. Yep. Yep. All right. That's all the questions and comments I have. Um, what else you guys got? If nothing else, we'll. Uh... I'm say it's close to the Calcutta, right? Oh yeah, Calcutta. But duh, like I'm not excited about it or anything. So next week, Calcutta. <laughs> uh, auction style draft, basically for each player. Sounds like we've got 16. We've got about 20 people identified for the top 16 in case people can't make it. But we'll start about six o'clock, maybe a little bit beforehand, hopefully. Um, let's go right down the list, you know, probably from number 16 up to number one, uh, bring cash, uh, bring $5 bills. is probably going to be best. Um, that was going to be my s- question. Is it, is it $5 minimum bet and then $5 increases? $5 increments. Yep. We're going to keep it simple that way. Um, you know, if you, if you haven't heard, you can, you can make what they call a syndicate. So you can get a couple guys, a couple group groups together to try to buy more or, or win a higher, higher uh, dollar amount, whatever you want to call it. So are you only um, paying out the winner? We're going to do 70, 30, 70% to the winner, 30% to second place. So if your person gets to the 18th hole, now that we're, we're playing 17 and 18 by 18, we'll have two people left and they'll be, uh, they'll be in the money as they say. Um, 18th hole will decide, uh, Obviously, who's going to take home the seventy percent or the thirty percent? I like it. So you know, every, show up if you're not playing, and if you're in the tournament, you can still bet on a on a person. Yeah, show up if you want to just enjoy a beverage and, and win a little money, hopefully. Yeah, I think if you if, if you show up, the there's free beverages on courtesy of Kelsey Johnson's league dues. <laughs> so thank you, Kelsey. KJ, that's really nice of you. Appreciate that. Everyone should come and uh, loop for the the. I don't think there's any rules you stopping you from I mean, if you buy your uh, buy your player and you're not in the in the shootout to carry for him to try to help him. I would absolutely push. Yeah, hard, I think that's our plan of doing. This is my uh, first year over for me not making it, so I think I'm gonna caddy for one of my first time players, Jeff Bean. So mm. might have to buy him. <laughs> he's. I mean, his handicap went down, but he played great this week. Yeah, that was probably a mistake. Should have kept yeah. that baby high. But I will say the 17th and 18th hole will be different uh, yeah. handicaps compared to five and six for those last, you know, to kind of final three players. That's a great so. point. So, man, that's, that really throws a wrinkle in it because, I mean, someone could kind of technically get double strokes that they weren't planning on getting, you know what I mean? I think they'll get, they'll, everyone will get less strokes. They've got to because 17 and 18 are usually ranked. Ranked um, like probably like I can't remember the numbers, but like between seven and nine on the back nine, maybe. No, like they're way higher than that. They're like no. five and six. But they're not going to be number five. Number five in the front nine is what number one or number two? Fair. But they're going to get like it again might, on eighteen now. There's going to be a couple people that won't get one on seventeen, where they would get one on five. Sure. So, but overall, it's a cool wrinkle. I like it. We'll get the lights on if we need to on eighteen. Um, should be good. All right, boys. AC, Sammy Swanson, thanks for joining.
congrats again uh, to the, the the Holy Smokers. Second, second, uh, second championship. Glad eight, you guys eight, got a eight seed winning it all. Yeah, the second year in a row. I think we. Uh, I think I don't I'm know what you guys. Are. My my team's got plans to play left-handed next year, so we can get that A seed, um, and just kind of keep getting <laughs> better from there. So that's that's our goal. I, 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 we don't need to discuss yours, but it's all about our goals. Um, all right, boys. Well, uh, we'll see you at the shootout next week. How's that sound? Play well. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Sounds great. Yep. See ya.